0: Luke to chapter 23 and verse 13. It says, Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to, to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I'll have him flogged, and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with him because they wanted to release, because he wanted to release Jesus. But when they kept shouting, Crucify him, crucify him, For the third time, he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die, as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder, but He turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. And Jesus went to the cross. He willingly allowed them to go through with all those things that happened to Jesus, the whippings, the beatings, the mocking, the humiliation, and then to be pierced and crucified upon the cross. And yet we know that it was God's plan for this to happen that God sent His Son to die upon the cross for our sin. It was no accident that Jesus ended up on the cross. He came from heaven to pay the penalty for our sin. We read in Isaiah 53, and I think we've got it on the screen there, Charlie. Isaiah 53, verse 3, says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on Him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed all of us like sheep have strayed away we have left god's paths to follow our own yet the lord laid on him the sins of us all we look at it and think how jesus could you go through with it but it was god's good plan so that we could be set free from the power of sin and death he'd prophesied it hundreds of years before jesus came and jesus came and fulfilled what he had promised to do that's why this is good friday this morning i've asked a couple of people to come and share with us why why is good friday good to them and i'm going to ask darcy to come first and share with us why is good friday good to him what does jesus sacrifice mean to him thanks darcy right.
1: we go hey all like coxie said i'm darcy um before I do start today, when Coxie first asked me to do this oh, three weeks ago, I didn't reply to him for about three days. Those three days I spent basically telling myself I didn't want to do this. I've grown up, not public speaking's not my thing. So if I do look nervous, that's why, just heads up. Um, but I knew this year, and a few people I've said this already to this year, this year's about me stepping out of my comfort zone. Look, I've always put myself in a, a shell. I've been trying to break out of it, but this year I've been really trying to push myself out of this comfort zone. So, my brain was telling me, not don't do it, but in here I knew I had to do it. So, hi all, I'm Darcy. Um, When Coxie did ask me, he asked me to talk about what Good Friday means to me, but before I do get into that, I think you all need to know a little bit about myself. So, I grew up not really knowing who Jesus was. All I'd learnt through was through religion classes. I grew up not knowing the sacrifice that was made, and I really had no intention to learn it all. But at the same time, I always knew there was something bigger than myself, something larger and greater than myself. I just couldn't put a name to it. I couldn't put any, I couldn't see it, so I couldn't believe it, like a lot of people go through. But I was raised into a non-Christian family. I strive for things like popularity, to be liked, to get the girl. I always knew there was something higher, but I found it hard to sort of put put a word to it, especially due to the fact that, for those who don't know, my mum was diagnosed with cancer in 2013 and she sadly passed away in 2015. That made it really hard for me to have a relationship with anyone or anything. It um, put a lot of strain on my relationships because I didn't know where to put my trust. Um, anyway fast tracking probably six months after mum passed away was the first time that Deanne got me to come to church. Um, I was friends with Deanne at school, started talking a little bit but then she asked me to come to church. Coming to church was very daunting for the first time. I knew no one except for Deanne and her parents, who I literally had met that morning. Um, so that made it, yeah. <laughs> um, there was people, that was worship started, there was people up the front waving their arms around. I honestly thought to myself, what have I just got myself into? I didn't know what to think. Um, then a couple of weeks later, Deanne got me to come to Fire Church with her in Geelong. Um, that week was what I... That day is where I had my first real godly experience. Um, the lady that week was preaching, who was preaching, had gone to a lot of missions around the world, um, and at the end of her preaching, she asked everyone to form a prayer tunnel. Um, for those who don't know, basically laying hands on, as they walk through, um, Vi, Nellie, Luke, all that were there as well. Um, is the one that got everyone together to go up. So, at that point, when everyone was forming a line about to pray for each other, I really thought I was about to... I, There was a crazy lady at the front, basically, that's all I thought. Um, So, anyway, I was walking through, nothing much was really happening. I was just walking through just because I was doing the nice thing. And then, all of a sudden, I got stopped by this lady who I don't know, still to this day, don't know who she is. She looked at me dead in the eyes and said, I'm sorry for your loss. And I didn't know what to think. I got dizzy, I got lightheaded. Like I said, I'd never met this lady. To this point, I still don't know what her name is. I didn't get to speak to her again. They're the only four words. But those four little words started me on a journey that has been the best decision of my life. So, from that point, I wanted to learn more. I knew that the only reason that she could have said that is that it was God. God was speaking through her to tell me that, look, I'm here for you whenever you need me. So, I wanted to know more. Started coming to youth more often. I started to read the word. And I got to learn the undeniable power and just the amazing miracles that God performed. So, the main thing being the resurrection, which is why we're here today. I learnt, and I know wholeheartedly, the amazing sacrifice that was made, that we can have eternal life with God. Um, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Breaking down that verse for me, there's one main word that sticks out, gave. So, I'm one of those people, I'll go to a dictionary definition. So, the definition of gave meaning to transfer the possession of something to someone. God gave his life for us, God gave his only son for us. He didn't borrow, he didn't rent him out, he gave his only son. And thinking that right now, like, I, I could not imagine doing that at all. And Jesus paid the price on that cross so that we could be redeemed. Since knowing this, I have an overwhelming amount of joy and happiness in my life. I've been able to overcome things that I've tried to put off my whole life. Um, I no longer need to strive for popularity or to be liked, but I still managed to get the girl. (laughs) Um, I've learned that Jesus is all I need. As long as I have Jesus, nothing else matters in the world. Um, This is what God's done for me but I know he can also do it for all of you. Um, all you need to do is open up your heart, let the Holy Spirit live in you. It's, a lot of people say that, let the Holy Spirit live in you, and I didn't really know what it meant until really, to be honest, until I started writing this. I, I could feel it happening in my life, but I couldn't really pinpoint any times and places when I could just say, oh, well, that's so godly. I couldn't, I, there's so many times that I look back on my life now. Before I was even a Christian, and I thank God that he was there for me. Um, 2 Timothy... Actually, can I ask the band to come up if that's all right again? Thank you. Um, 2 Timothy 1.14 says, Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure that has been entrusted to you. To wrap things up, guys, like Coxie asked me today, what does Good Friday mean to me? What does the sacrifice mean to me? Mm-hmm. Basically, it means joy and happiness. Without the sacrifice... I wouldn't be where I was today. We all wouldn't be where where we are right now. And I am so happy that I'm here. I'm so happy with the people I've met, the people that have come into my life. And just I keep learning more and more every day. I'm nowhere near finished learning what I need to know. There's so much more I want to learn. And I thank God that you guys are all here to help me. So I've actually got the band are going to sing a song today that I just want you to listen to the words. Like you'll all know it. You can sing along. But I really want you to listen and just think about the sacrifice as you listen so thank you very much and god bless
2: the pino i said no i'm not i looks like them but i'm not them um i already start crying as we sing the song my goodness i don't know how do i finish this but i'll try my best i can do it yes um I really I want to say thank you to Andrew to ask me to share about my story, and as I thinking of okay, how am I going to share how um, how does Good Friday, or you can say how does um, how has Jesus sacrifice changed my life? And I've been sitting down and think and realize I've been Christian for twenty three years. And for me, I think, really, it can't be that long. <laughs> I just don't think I've been that long. But I, I almost feel like my journey with Jesus started when I moved to Australia, which is seven years ago. But we're not talking about that. It's going to be another long story. And, but today I'm going to share um, about the story how, how I met Jesus. I grew up in a family, um, never given any positive feedbacks and um, I never feel loved and wanted and valued in the family. And in fact, I always, the child always trying to hide because I, if I do nothing wrong, that's fine. If I do something wrong, I'm in trouble, and the punishment is coming, and I was so scared for my father, so since I was little, I always scare my father don't have a good relationship with him, and that's part of my childhood and For years, probably when I was ten, I just realized the reason I don't feel love in this family is because my basically my parents. My parents, their marriage is arrangement by my grandparents. So two people don't love each other. They've been put together in a marriage. So I just realized, oh, that is why. And after that, when I was 11, my parents, they decided to divorce, to separate it. At that point... As a eleven year old I think, okay, I I don't I never know what the purpose I'm living for and I feel no love, feel unwanted, and now my world is crushed because my parents they separated. So I had a very strong thought coming I should end my life. I just just in my life, maybe no one would notice, and um, I just disappear from this world. So that thought is very strong in my head. However, there is a voice coming in saying, you need to stop. You need to stop. Every time when I have a suicide, <laughs> the thought, there's a very strong voice coming, you need to stop. I don't know where the voice came from. And I listened to the voice. So afterwards, that thought just disappeared. Never thought about that again. And so after my parents divorced, the first time I, I remember, the first time I, my mom uh, sent us to church because she think... You know, church's people are very nice, and they could give a good influence to my children. So they pushed us in there, but she's them outside of the church. <laughs> and so I start going to Sunday school. I learned about Bible stories. And at that time, I really still don't know about what, who God is and what's this thing, you know, what's the church important to me. But my first impression of church is, everybody, there is so nice. They're talking so nice. They, they say, God loves you. They say, Jesus loves you. I feel very, it's the very first time I've felt it's very peaceful and feel secure when I was in church. And I love to be in church. I want to stay there. I don't want to go home. <laughs> so... Um, So, uh, but uh, that that was when I was uh, 12. But after that, that year, uh, when I was 13, we have to move to somewhere else. And uh, there's no church around. So I stopped to go to church for about three years. And when I was 15, one of my classmates invited me to go to church. She's not Christian. And the reason she go take me to is because there's a summer camp. And the summer camp, she said, I want to take you to this place. I said, where is it? She said, this is their event, uh, the summer camp in church. I said, why do I want to go there? And she said, oh, because we might meet a lot of nice guys. <laughs> As a teenager, with a curiosity, I said, oh, okay, I'll go with you. So I go to church, and, well, the nice guy planned fell through and i thank god for that <laughs> not really many nice well i wasn't yeah there's a nice guy but my focus is not there praise the lord um i through the camp i just feel like oh we know a little bit about we know we we know um they teach bibles and i learned about bible i say, okay i i think i want to keep going I wanna keep going to church. I wanna know about more about Jesus. And so through senior high school I've been attending church a lot and I learned a lot about a lot from the Bibles. And one day I was wondering, I was so a lot of question in my head. I'm thinking grew up in a family, never feel love, never f- always feeling unwanted and no hope. But in the church, everybody said God is love. God himself said I'm the love and I love you even when you're in your mom's womb. I know you. And I was curious if this is real, I would like, I would love that this love to filling the big big uh, love tank in my heart. Because that love tank in my heart being empty for so long, never be filled up. I'm trying to find somebody. I'm trying to find things to fill the love in my heart, but never success. But I ask God, I say, if you're real, if everything you say in the Bible is real, if you can feel the love tank in my heart, then I will give my life to you And after I say that i don 't know that moment is God just filled the tank straight away, and i 'm complete. I feel this is it this is um I can't, I can't say anything, and I, but I feel the tank's been filled, and I want nothing more. So when I was 18, I decided to give my life to Jesus. But there's another thing I'm so scared is if I give my life to Jesus, I'm going to get baptised. I don't know how to tell my father because I always grew up in a Taoism family. And this is betrayed, and so I remember that time I asked the whole church to pray for me before I deliver this news to my father and so well, after I was so scared, and I say, "And when I tell my father I'm going to get baptized and he he silenced for one day, he didn't talk to me and I was so scared because I, I was thinking maybe there's the slap war coming or or something, but nothing happened. And the next day, my father just said, well, that's okay. If you want to be a Christian, that's fine. But don't drag your brother to church. <laughs> because male in Asian uh, society, they had a, you know, especially in the family, uh, they believe when... When your parents died, if you're, if you're a male, uh, you had a responsibility to responsibility to worship them or keep that um, religion, something like that. So uh, my father said that to me, but I said, oh, okay. But in my head I said, well, you know, one day I believe my, G- my brother will go to church and I believe my father will come to Jesus. So that's okay, one at a time. So, so, um, and then after that, of course, I got baptised. And um, after I became a Christian, God gave me the first uh, challenge, which is I've been avoiding facing it for a very long time, is to uh, reconcile with my father. That is the most difficult thing I can think of, and I really, really don't want to. But I was praying to God one day, and God said, you know, it's time to reconcile with your father. And uh, you know you love me, but I want you to learn how to love your father first. If you know how to love your father on earth, you know how to love your father in heaven. And I was so struggled, and I was so... Scared, and I said no, I don't want to do that because there's too much hurt. Um. But God said, "Come on, you can do this." And I said, "Well, if there's a mi- only if there's a miracle." So. Um, when I was 18 that summer, every summer we always go to spend some time with my dad, and that summer, the last day, my dad just sent his friend to drive us back to my mom's place, and I was sitting in the back of the car, and the moment I just turned around, I was just about to wave to my dad, say goodbye, and I start bursting tears. I have no idea why I burst in tears, and my brother, sister just look at me and say, "What's going on with you? Why are you crying?" And I would just burst in tears. I can't stop. But I'm crying because I—that is the very first time I saw my dad as a, a very lonely and no hope. As I look at him, so I start crying. I said I don't know what is this but I think I think I it's time for me to um to reconcile to love this man again to to learn to love him as a father and that's my journey. That's my breakthrough. That's my miracle. That's what the miracle that I asked God for. So after that, we had a very, my dad and I become closer and closer. And my dad see the change inside of me. My dad, some one day he said to me, you and your brother and sister, I feel like you're the only child um, really care about me, have patience with me. And I just said to him, this is all God, not me. He let me see who you really are. He let me see um, you are the one I need to love and care for. And he didn't say anything. But I know God really starts to soften his heart. So um this is my journey. I will before I was thinking I want to share the verse um John three sixteen, but thanks to Darcy, share that first. <laughs> but um but I would love to share these things that I read uh my devotion this morning to end my uh, story. I um, the devotion, the last part. It says, "He loved us to the uttermost, and let us be so moved by this love that it became our own. Becomes our own. He laid down his life for us, and he, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This is commitment. So, um, this is my story." Thank you for listening. God bless you.
0: Thanks, Joey. Jesus gave his life that we could know his love and his forgiveness. He gave his life, as Darcy said, that we could know his love and share his love, as Joe shared with us, too. God calls us his children. He doesn't turn us away. He doesn't turn away anyone who comes to him. And He's got an inheritance for each one of us, that we can have eternal life, that we can be forgiven and have a relationship with Him now and forever in heaven. But we must first acknowledge who He is, acknowledge that He is the Saviour of the world, that He is the one who died on the cross for our sin, that there is no other way to eternal life than through Jesus Christ. Today is Good Friday because we understand that Jesus' death has made the way for every one of us to be set free. I want to finish by reading uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And again, I think we've got it on the screen there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ, to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, He'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. We have hope because of what He has done for us. It is finished because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He has poured out His grace for us, He has purchased our freedom. Through his own blood. But on Good Friday, let's not forget what happens in a few days' time. Jesus said, it is finished upon the cross, but it was not the finish. Jesus' life did not end on that cross. He died. If you came and watched the movie, The Case for Christ, the other day, you will see the evidence is absolute that He died. But then just days later, he was alive. Jesus said, it is finished, but it's not the end. Good Friday was not the end of Jesus. If he had have died and and that was the end, like any other person, that would have not meant that much. But we know he is alive again. He came alive again. And we don't have to say goodbye. Today is not a memorial service or a funeral service. We celebrate that even though He died, He rose again, that we too can have new life for eternity. We're going to finish this morning by watching another short video. And I just want to pray for us this morning after this video. But Let's turn our eyes to the screen as we dim the lights one last time.